We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is navigating sex in an asexual relationship. But before we begin, we're just going to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners, nor are we asexual. So just take all of this with a big grain of salt. <laughs> yep. We don't, know what to, we don't know what we're talking about. We're not <laughs> professionals. We're not trained in any of this. These are just our messy human opinions. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our ever humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love and sex. All of those It's so confusing. It is. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So our letter today comes from Ace and In Love, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from Standstill, USA. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I've been listening to the podcast for three years now, which is so wild. Time flies. I love you both so much, and your words are the most comforting part of my week. Sam, you inspired me to read Ace by Angela Chen, which changed my life for the better, by the way, and I am so delighted to give you the opportunity to talk about it yet again, should you choose to read this letter. For context, I've been with my partner, we'll call him Z, he, him, his, for over three years now, and it is such a good true love. We were friends for many years before dating, and he was openly asexual as long as I've known him. Until we got together, I thought that there was something wrong with me because I didn't understand asexuality. I am a hopeless romantic and have had many heart-wrenching crushes in my life, but I have never experienced the sexual attraction of it. I grew up in an extremely religious household, so I chalked it up to Catholic guilt that I could never get there with my past partners and blamed myself for my and my upbringing. Definitely not a gold star ace, lol. I thought I might never be able to have a real relationship in my life because they would always want sex and I would never want it. My first partner actually suggested I might be ace at one point and I immediately insisted that that was impossible because I thought that meant romance was off the table as well. 
My current partner, once we got together, showed me that a romantic relationship is possible while being asexual and helped me accept that label for myself. So I guess here's where I'm a little lost. Over the past three years, my partner and I have disclosed that we have developed a sexual attraction only to each other. We are both relating a bit more to the demisexual label now that we have experimented a little bit. When we are intimate, it is incredible. Z is the only person who has ever been able to make me orgasm. And this is including myself, which is kind of funny. I've tried masturbating many times, bought a vibrator and everything, but I always end up getting bored and stopping halfway through. (laughs) Anyway, I very much enjoy being intimate with Z, but we haven't had traditional intercourse. We tried one. We tried once, but I think on top of my asexuality, I might also have vaginismus. Yikes. I freeze up and freak out and it just doesn't work. I can't even handle him putting a finger in. I know that sex is different for everyone and I really enjoy what we're doing now, but I do get curious about experimenting a little. We aren't physically intimate that often, maybe like once a month or so, because both of our sex drives are pretty low. And we, when we do, it's always the same. I feel like I should work on being comfortable with penetration and I say it And I say it's because we want to have kids someday. And naturally, that's something that we will have to figure out. But I'm not sure if that's 100% the reason or if it's just my excuse. While I know that sex isn't defined by penetration and what we do now works for us, part of me still feels like we're not a valid couple until that happens because, you know, Mm. society. I think part of me also wonders what all the hype is about and if it might actually be good with some practice. Sex is like the lowest priority for both of us in our relationship. So we definitely don't discuss these things, but maybe we should. I just feel like I'm the only one to ever bring up sex in conversation. And Z is always happy to talk about it when I do, but I still sometimes wonder if he's not actually attracted to me and is just being intimate with me for my pleasure, even though he's told me many times that isn't the case. And he has grown to be very attracted to me to the point of questioning his asexuality. I do also try to challenge that insecurity in my head when it comes up because as an ace person, I should be totally okay with my partner not being sexually attracted to me because duh, I understand that more than anyone else. But some part of me still feels like I need to be sexually attractive to be loved. I'm not totally sure what my question is here, but I guess it may be, where do we go from here? Is everything fine and I'm overthinking? I will say being ace is the best when you aren't planning for kids because I never have to freak out when my period is late. Hair toss. However, is the fact that we want kids someday a valid reason for feeling like we should be practicing penetrating or should we figure that out when the time comes? I would be fine with alternate ways of having children too, but I wonder if I go through life without ever even trying, I might end up on my deathbed with regrets. Thank you for taking the time to read this. I did. It did feel good to type this out, even if you don't get to it. All my love, ace and in love. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this letter. We did get to it. So <laughs> let's dive in. So true. So true. We did. Um, I think this is a wonderful question. I'm so glad that you trust us with it. It can be a lot to not only unpack, you know, society's confusing messaging about sex and desire and, you know, what is the purpose of sex and sexuality in our own lives and how does it connect to our worthiness and our relationships and whatever. It can be enough to just unpack the sexual conditioning we get from the world. Um, You know, added to that, the immense sexual diversity uh, in 
from one person to another. And the fact that like these words, like asexual, demisexual, you know, they're placeholders for an expansive human experience, you know, Mm. even within your asexuality, like let's use that word right now because that's what you've told us. Even within that label, that label is just like, imagine it as a label, like a piece of tape with somebody like wrote on it, Mm -hmm. asexual. Uh That's (laughs) behind that is this nebulous sort of um, ever evolving uh, identity of yours. Not to say that, sexual identities are always changing like that not to imply what a lot of people imply which is that uh you know asexuality you just haven't like figured it out yet or whatever (laughs) you know (laughs) but to say that like you know how about this behind everybody's label behind everybody's piece of tape (laughs) is uh an expansive and unique and diverse identity unique only to themselves, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, it makes a lot of sense that a lot of things are coming up here, you know, between your relationship, your identity with yourself, your relationship to sexuality and your potential future as parents, whatnot. Um, we're going to dive into how to, uh, talk about sex with your partner, perhaps how to, um, approach it from a procreating point of view. Um, but most importantly, how to feel more self-assured in however you identify and move through your, uh, world and your, your sexual relationship. But first we have to take a very quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Breakup virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karakul jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um, yeah, no, I really appreciate what Sierra said before the break around um, sort of the the multitudes that exist within one particular label of people's identity, right? And I think I think what I really appreciate about sort of these these conversations that we're having around um, different types of sexuality, um, and what I really appreciated about Angela Chen's book as well is that like because the idea of asexuality doesn't fit into our like sort of prescribed and assumed assumptions around like what people should or shouldn't be doing with their bodies, what their sex should look like, all of that, that like we therefore then have to start making those things up for ourselves, right? Like we have to do the internal work to start saying like, okay, well, obviously like P and V love each other, have sex, always want to have sex with each other stuff isn't for me. So then like, what is there for me? And I appreciate that like labels like asexual and demisexual allow us to like find camaraderie with people and sort of like create some guardrails around like what we are and what we aren't. But what I appreciate about sort of Angela Chen's book is that it's also like, hey, and we have to have conversations within those labels about what our relationships within look like those for us. Relationships, and yeah. to be clear, this is not unique to people who are ace, right? Like this is something that we all should be doing <laughs> in like all of our relationships and understandings of ourselves. Like even the people who love P and V sex, right? Like should also be having some of these self-aware examinings of like what sex means to them, how they like it, like yep. all of that good stuff. Right. And so I really appreciate this letter because I think it kind of gives light to both how important these sort of understandings and considerations and curiosity about ourselves and our partners can be, and also kind of sheds a light on like what it can kind of look like for us to have these wonderings with ourselves, right? Yeah. And kind of, and I totally. want to normalize the idea that none of us actually knows what we want or what we're doing when it comes to sex. We're all just making it up as we go along and that's okay. Totally. <laughs> like, it is okay totally. for us to be exploring, understanding, digging into 
what it means for us to have sex and the idea that our appreciation, desire, um, you know, willingness to have sex may depend on the context, the time, our bodies, right? Like what's going on in our lives. And like, that is also okay, right? Like the, the continual growing and understanding of ourselves is part of the work and, and right. that's lovely and wonderful. And, and I think that we should all be committing to doing that over time, right? Not just once, but right. every day, every, every time we approach a new sexual encounter, or don't. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> Honestly, I feel so um I feel so grateful for Angela Chen's book and her interview that we did on our Head and Heart Work series, and I feel particularly grateful for the letters that we've gotten including today's and the conversations we've had because I feel like there's nothing more empowering in this situation than to realize what other people like Sex is so taboo and yet so um, conditioned within us that like to pull back the curtain to see what like an actual sex life looks like and how diverse it is and how complicated. Like, I just feel so grateful to even be answering this letter to the letter writer. Um, just like a general fuck society sort of thing. <laughs> Just like a general like nod to that, because I also really appreciated in your letter how you divulge that you have like these sort of inherited insecurities about what desi sexual desire means in terms of your lovability or that or your validity as a couple. Um, and I, it sounds like I don't have to I don't have to tell you that those things aren't true. But I'm going to tell you that anyway, just to affirm it, you know, that like it doesn't matter how little or much how much sex you and your partner or partners are having. That isn't what makes your partnership. And, you know, that's not what makes a romantic partnership or relationship valid. You could never have sex and be phenomenal partners. You could be intimate. You could be uh, fulfilled all of those things and you could never have sex or you could never have P and V sex or whatever. And you could, you know, you could also like never have penetrative sex and still orgasm more than your neighbors. Do you know what I mean? Like we really don't know. That's real. We really don't know. And we make so many assumptions. And so I'm saying this to affirm what you already know and, and to, to, to steal you up, you know, but also to give you, some mental checkpoints when you're having those insecure thoughts, you know, your boyfriend has told you multiple times that they have this attraction to you. And also your partner is showing up as authentically in their sexuality as they can right now that, and that their sexuality and their sexual desire is as diverse as yours, which is as diverse as your neighbors or, or whatever. Yep. Um, and you know, it's, it makes a lot of sense that like I've talked on this show before about how I like accrued a lot of damage from the social conditioning that I received as a young woman in terms of what I learned about my desirability and my sexuality and how it, I thought it made me more valuable as a person. Um, so it makes so much sense that you're having these insecurities or these, or this confusion because you inherited these thoughts from society. They're not yours. 
they were given to you. <laughs> um, and I say that just because, you know, when I'm having similar thoughts, I, I try to put those roadblocks up in my mind to be like, this isn't my thought. My partner's allowed to have a diverse sexuality. They're showing up to me as authentically as they can, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, absolutely. It's like kind of like going through your house and realizing that like the art on the wall was like not yours, <laughs> right? Like somebody else hung it and you're like, oh, I've just Cute. been keeping Funny. it up there because I thought I was supposed to always, right? And then you're like, you get yeah, to like totally. take it down and like put it in a corner and be like, I don't like that art. Why am I doing that? <laughs> you know, like it may still always be there, but we get to like spend less time like appreciating it or like trying to like say that it's important to us and because it might not be, you know? And I... I think that this idea around like you two, you and your partner continuing to experiment and figure out what type of sex feels good and appropriate to you is important, right? Like this is about you go into the gallery and saying like, which of these arts work for us? Which one do we want to bring into our home? Right. And then maybe you get in your house and you're like, oh, that doesn't actually work. Like that. I don't like the way that it looks with our couch. Right. So like, cool, let's go get another piece of art and see if that fits our aesthetic better. Right. Like you are, you are actors with so much choice in how this is going to work for you and what it looks like. And, and I appreciate this idea of like, I don't know, I want to try penetrative sex. I've never had it, right? Like maybe I'll like it and it's okay if you do it and it, you don't like it, right? Like that is also an okay thing for it to happen. And I, I think that this, this idea that we get to decide what our sex lives look like is so empowering in so many different ways. And I want to create the space for the idea that like that empowerment looks like the ability to choose different things at different times, right? The ability to choose something and say, oop, that doesn't actually work for me. Or the ability to choose something and say, ooh, that works, that works, that works. And then like three months down the line, oop, that doesn't work anymore, <laughs> right? Or to say like, that's not working, that's not working. And then suddenly like, oh, this time it worked. Great, cool. You know, like that, that feels to me like so much more of what I would hope that all of these conversations and understandings of sex are bringing us to is this ability to be able to, to try to change, to do things in the ways that feel good for us. I also want to say, you know, I feel like because of because of the complication around sex and our bodies and and pain and pleasure and it's just fucking all like a trigger war zone. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, or it's just like very fertile ground for things to be really vulnerable or uncomfortable or whatever. So I want to I want to offer two things. Um, one is sort of in line with Sam's lube suggestion is that, you know, in this exploration, I want you to tell yourself, like, I'm safe. I'm in a loving relationship. I trust my partner. We're going to explore this together. I can always stop. I can always say no. And, you know, if you truly do want to explore what penetrative sex feels like, Sam's right. You might have to, like, try it a couple times and be like, that was not for me or it was painful all the time. It never got better. You know, like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's, it's pain when it comes to penetrative sex with people with a vagina from my understanding is not an uncommon experience. Um, whether it's hormonal whether it has to do with lubrication, whether it has to do with your bodily condition, you know, like if you have vaginismus, you know, it's just, I don't want you to feel like an oddity or that you're broken. And I'm also not trying to be like, well, 
you know, suck it up yeah. and, it, you know, <laughs> figure out how to get it done. Babe. Pain is pleasure <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. No, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying like, I guess, you know, when our body is in pain and when we're doing something potentially very vulnerable and heightened and maybe anxiety is heightened and, you know, because you you already have a complicated relationship with sex. So like, mm-hmm. I want you to take a deep breath and be like, okay, if it's hurting, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily doing something wrong. Um, and I can always tell my partner to stop if the pain gets to a certain threshold. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, I just want to mm-hmm. remind you that it is really valuable to take, you know, I went to a pelvic floor therapist after I had my baby yeah. and I was like, oh my God, everybody needs to go to a pelvic floor <laughs> therapist. Everybody, everybody has a pelvic floor. We do. And this pelvic floor therapist talked a lot about how, you know, Kegels are like pitched as the number one thing to do and that that's all connected to patriarchy to keep it like high and tight. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) When like most pelvic issues come from being too tense, from being, from your muscles down there, being tense and stressed and, um, uh, all, all tight, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh Um, And literally the advice she gave me, like when we were cleared to have sex again after birth was like, take deep breaths and imagine letting go. Like imagine opening, like literally (laughs) what, what if you poop when you let go though? (laughs) Well, do you have to poop? Oh my God. I'll tell you a funny story when we're off air about, (laughs) about all of this, but like, um, you know, she, If you haven't gone to a pelvic floor therapist, I will just explain this because I feel like it's a little stigmatized and not really widely talked about. But like, you know, they they press on pressure, pressure points and muscles within you to release tension to to so that you're not tight and taut and in pain down there. So um, anyway, I don't know if that's what you have going on. I'm not your doctor. I'm not in your body. I'm fucking not a doctor, period. <laughs> I um, like the idea that I'm not like, your doctor, but like I am not somebody your else's. Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I just want to clear, <laughs> clarify. Um, I was amazed how much literally breathing, ex- like exhaling and focusing on relaxing my muscles in my pelvic floor made sex less painful for me after birth. Um, I'm just, I, this is, this literally has nothing to do with our letter writer. I'm just sharing this as an illustration of the, the multiple ways that we can approach sex problem solving. If you never want to have penetrative sex, I made a joke earlier that is overrated. I a hundred percent believe it's overrated. <laughs> I a hundred percent believe, and Sam agrees. We are I do, oh, I do we're little pillow princesses <laughs> over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, anyway. Uh, so just want to offer that for you is that like, you can be safe in your body and safe in your relationship and able to explore what that pain is, right? You can explore, does it, does, is it alleviated if I do X, Y, and Z? Is it alleviated if we try this? And you can always tell yourself, I can always say no, I can always stop this. The second thing I want to say that honestly just comes from queerness is, it's okay for you to have different purposes in sex. Meaning if there comes a day that you want to make a baby with your partner and you need to do that with P and V penetration, you you and your partner can, can collaborate and discuss and say, wow, the sex that we normally have, like not, let me tell you a, 
hundred percent of the sex I have with my wife is to not make a baby. <laughs> like that, <laughs> the purpose of our sex is to not make a baby. We literally can't, you know, even if yeah. we like rub ourselves up against each other, you know, whatever. And you, you, and in your relationship, you can have sex with the intention, the sole intention of making a baby, no connection, no pleasure. You can just get it done and make that baby. Or if you want to lead up to that moment and explore this more, like you said, you can explore more in all of these different ways. I'm just giving you the full permission as queerness has given me that sex can show up so differently in your life. There can be different purposes for it. It can, you can have sex for intimacy. You can have sex so that your partner feels loved and desired. You can have sex to get off. You can have sex to make a baby. You can have sex because you want to dissociate. Thank you to my twenties <laughs> for that experience. Uh -huh. uh, do you know what I mean? Like there's, I, there, we like to think about sex as this, I don't know, all inclusive thing. And you can just have sex for a myriad of different reasons at different times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that like being able to have penetrative sex means it might be easier to have a baby, right? Like right. the, the joy of being in a sort of heterosexual couple is that like, you can just get pregnant because just like you just do it and then it happens. Right. And <laughs> I will also say that like, there are a myriad of reasons why people might struggle to get pregnant and, there are lots of options out there, right? So like, yeah. if, and it can be an okay reason for you to not have penetrative sex because you don't like it or it doesn't work for you or it's painful for you, right? Like you can decide that that is a reason that's good enough for you to pursue other types of parenting. And that's, that is okay, right? It's not like you are somehow failing your duty as like a heterosexual couple <laughs> to like do that yes. thing, right? So um, just want to also name that for you too, that like, just because it might be easier to conceive if you have PNV sex doesn't mean that PNV sex needs to happen in order for you to yeah. have children. Yep. I actually was going to say that too, but I thought it might be overkill, but like there are many different ways to have a baby. <laughs> I don't, Do you know I don't what I'm saying? Know. Like if you, if you really don't feel, um, if you, if you, if you come to that, that intersection in your life and you feel like that is not a viable option for you, there are other options out there Absolutely, and that is liberating. It is. Do you know what I'm saying? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, my darling, thank you so much for the privilege of answering this question. We hope that you feel loved and heard and affirmed. And most of all, we hope this helps. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks for writing. All right, everyone. It is Friday, which means that it is time for our blind date. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think that you are really going to like. And this week we want to send you home with. All right, y'all. Y'all know that Sam and I have to come up with these. Every week. Blind dates. <laughs> Every week. And it's literally impossible for humans to like this much stuff. <laughs> That's true. That is absolutely true. So forgive true. me for throwing in the towel a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going like, to suggest. I don't know. It's a... something like 250 of these, which is just like no more than that. Cause we have like 300 and some episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to suggest a, I'm training for my half marathon. By the time this airs, I will have already run it, but I'm going to suggest a sports tablet it's called noon and n and this is a product that i've actually been using for like two years now it's a hydration tablet it's kind of like a healthier version of 
uh, Gatorade. You know, the idea of Gatorade being that there's electrolytes in there that help you stay hydrated um, and help the aid in the absorption of water. And these tablets, they just have, uh, I don't know, less sugar and they're more whatever balance they've got sodium potassium magnesium and calcium in them i drank them you put a tablet in like 16 to 24 ounces of water whatever you want and i drank them when i was pregnant they help with my hydration um, and i drink them when i'm training um, because they just help you hydrate they aid in that absorption of water um and I really like the flavors. I really like the company from what I've seen from them online. Like when they first started out as a company, they were um, giving out free or discounted um, hydration things to people who had chronic illnesses. They they donate to causes that I really believe in. Um, when you order from them, you get to choose whatever. Anyway, I just like them. <laughs> and honestly, this is because my... Um, uh, half marathon is this weekend. I've been thinking about hydrating. So that's it. It's either that it's either noon tablets, which I love or bluey. <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life. So, I love that. Which is a children's television show. I hear it's very good. I hear that. <laughs> it's very there good. There are it's adults very that watch it. Childless adults that watch it because they love it. So I much. have, I laugh out loud and I have, I have shed more than one tear. <laughs> I love it. So maybe next, All right. <laughs> in two weeks when it's your turn again, you can do Bluey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say when we're together next, you'll watch an episode. Oh, got it, that's got what it. I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's my, that's my blind date. It's called noon N U U N. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to all of our episodes without ads. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs. You can send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our lights on. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcasts. And remember, a label is just a piece of tape. <laughs> mm. It can also be a guardrail. You know, it can give people a roadmap, a road sign for them to be able to point to and say, this is you. Labels are so empowering in helping people understand our identities and helping ourselves understand who we are. It gives us language to, to describe the human experience. And also they are just that they're just that piece of tape. They cannot contain the evolving expansiveness of who you are and all of who you will be. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>